Hello, everybody. Let's begin Tanakh and Nyan number 21. The topic is Al Nahar's Bavel, Davidamal's unique perspective on the Harbin. So, th- this capital on Tehillim, capital Kuflam and Zayin, Al Nahar's Bavel, is, uh, to me, it seems just very unusual in the sense that it's a very specific nevuah about the Kharban hundreds of years before it happened. The look at the fir- the first source we have here is Medrash Tehillim. Al Nahar's Babel Shami Shavnu Gambachinu Bizakrin Sian on the rivers of Babel we sat there and we cried when we remembered Sian Amrabi Hudam Rav Malamit Shehera Kadishborhu David Kharban by Srishan with Kharban by Shania. Kadishborhu showed David and Malach the first Kharban and the second Kharban. Bayas Rishan is referred to in Al Nars Babel. And the second Bayas Shani is the end of the capital. Remember what the Bnei Adam did as the Romans, as Yamishalaim, the day that they destroyed Yerushalayim. And it's just interesting because it's so specific, it's names Bavel, it names Edoim as the ones who are going to destroy the first Besamekdash, the second Besamekdash, and it describes how they're going to sit on the Nahar's Bavel, and they're going to, what they're going to do with their Kinoiros, and so on and so forth, and other than this, all other references that we find in the Navi to the Harbin, before we get to like Yermia, who was actually living during the time, uh, almost are all just Ramazim, they're just just hints like um, uh, Yosef cried on Binyamin's neck, and Binyamin cried on, on Yosef's neck, and, and Rashi says it's because of this carbon and that carbon, and other kinds of Ramazim that we find by Yaakov and Avram, and then later in the Nevi'im as well, and, and in Shaya, and so on and so forth. It doesn't ever name Bavel. Kamat. Uh, Kairish is named in Yeshaya, and uh, that, that that is one specific person named. But regardless, it is unusual. But this all is a nevuah, a very clear nevuah about Nahara's bubble, what's going to happen in in uh, the first carbon and the second carbon. Now, the first thing we need to know about this capital, and we're going to actually address two things in the course of this uh, this shear. The first point we're going to address is what David Amalek is teaching us about how to approach Golos in general. How to look at Golos, what, what is the purpose of Golos, what are we supposed to take out of Golos, what is Golos supposed to do for us, how, what is our relationship to HaKadosh Baruch Hu and Golos. That's the first uh, thing we're going to address here. And the second point we're going to address is something which is so relevant for us now during the three weeks, during this period of time, is how are we meant to be misable in Yerushalayim? How do we relate to the Avelis in Yerushalayim? How do we have the feel of the, the, the morning of Yerushalayim? And we're going to see very fascinating, two, two very different approaches, both learned out of the same Pasuk, um, but uh, two kind of opposite perspectives, one from the Chassam Seifer and the other from the Malbim, both explaining this Pasuk in, in a different light, and it gives us very a, a very clear way to approach Avelos, both when, when things are good and when things are bad. So beginning with the first point, the first point to be made here is where this capital in Tehillim is located. It's it's capital Kuflamid Zion and it comes immediately after Kapitel Kuflamid Vav. And Kapitel Kuflamid Vav is is uh it's all the Kila Al Mchazdais, you say we say every week, Shabbos morning, all the Kila Al Mchazdais, Lal Kim, Adani Adainim, and we finish with uh Hadla Kela Shumayim. 
and it goes through all of Kriyos Yamsuf and Makam Shambhav Chayreim and the, the Nisim of the Midbar. So that's the, the capital that precedes immediately uh, Al Babel. And obviously there's a great, tremendous contrast here that Kila and Chazda is all the miracles that Kaddish Baruch Hu saved Kali Yisrael. And then Al Babel is the epitome of Harbin. It's the absolute opposite when there was Hester Panim to the greatest de- degree. So Sefer Tzor Hamar, very early Akron then, that uh, as both Kabbalah and Pshat, uh, he says as follows: This you'll find that the Meshayer David Melach, he, uh, he he wrote adjacent right after he wrote uh, praise to Hashem His kindness is forever. He does tremendous miracles alone. He cuts the cut the Yamsuf into many different parts because of his kindness. Right after that, it says Al Naharas Babel. Sham Yoshavnu Gambachinu. After on the Naras Bible we sat and cried. Lahoris is teaching us. The first period of time, meaning Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, Asa Hashem, the Floyd Gedolos in Yisrael Avdei. Kaddish Baruch Hu did tremendous miracles with Klai Yisrael. Because they were close to him. They all recognized Hashem and called out in the name of Hashem. During that time of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, he killed the Bukhari Mitzrayim, and he tore apart the Yamsuf, and he led Klai Yisrael through it. And the, the, the water didn't stand in front of them. But Ba'achshav, now, Bitzara Avoinus, because of our sins, Al Naras Babel, Sham Yashavnu, and Naras Babel, we sat there, but Abmadnu Lirais, there too, when we were, for the first time, Klaishal went into Gullus after 410 years of, of a base of Mikdash and, and, and another. Uh, 70 years or even more, some, almost 800 years actually, altogether of being in Eretz Yisrael, undisturbed. And now they were, for the first time going to Golas, they stood to see him. Would he do the same miracles again to redeem us like he made on the Yamsuf by Mitzrayim? But then we saw that in our low time, he was not remembering us. That caused us to cry. A tremendous cry. Because we remembered remembered the miracles that Hashem did to us initially. So, according to the Harmar, the contrast over here is that Klai Yisrael was expecting to have the same relationship that HaKadosh Baruch Hu had. They thought that you know, when things get to the worst possible level, Hashem will come through for us. He'll, he'll have mercy on us, He'll forgive us, and He'll, he'll pull us through. But, of course, that's not what happened. And, and that is what caused them to have such a tremendous um, loss of hope because they didn't see any of the miracles which they had all known that was Klaus's experience throughout the whole period of time of, of Bayes Rishon and previously. Now, that being the initial approach to the the, the contrast between Hedl Hashem Kitev Kilam Chazdai and and uh, Al Naras Bavel, which seems to be very depressing, that uh, we, everything we had, we lost everything, and there's no miracles anymore. But actually, hidden in this is a message of hope. And as we're going to see, this was an extraordinarily important message for Klaistral to get because they had were on the verge of losing all hope. This is the first time they went in Gaulus. We in Gaulus already for so long, but Klaistral has already become experienced with Gaulus, and we kind of know how to deal with it better. But at the, for this point, they didn't. And see, see, but Rabbi makes a, a beautiful point here uh, in the contrast. Rabbi is in Vayikra, Perkid Aleph. He says, 
the four Malchias, the four kingdoms that dominated Klal Yisrael, Bavel, Paras, Madai, and uh, and Edom. Halalu, Hizkir David Melach Al Shalom Arba Pam For each one of these four kingdoms that dominated us, and we were in Galus. David Melach in Kilel Chazday praised Hashem four times. And this Mizram, which is also referred to as Halagadol, say Pesach by night by the Seder. The very first line, his kindness is forever. That refers to God's Babel. The next Pasuk is that's Amachas Yavan, that's the Yavanim, Chashmanayim. That's Malchus Madai, the Malchus of Madai, Persia Madai, that we suffered with through the story of Purim. And those three go together because they were adjacent one after another. Then the very last pasuk in the mizmor is That's uh, referring to Malchus Adam. Why is David Amalf praising Hashem of all the Goliaths that we go through? Because he saw with Ruach HaKadosh Yeshua he saw that there's going to be redemption and there's going to be a Yeshua to Klai Yisrael from all of them. So he, he uh, preempted and he gave praise to HaKadosh Baruch HaKadosh the greatest praise that we can give to Hashem for all these Goliaths. And in the last one, Edom, he mentions HaShemayim Ibnei, Shebegula Zu, of course, the final Gula, when Mashiach comes, Yismucha HaShemayim V'sagal Aras, that's when we'll, uh, re- well, we'll see the, the other, other Nevuah that's in Tehillim, Yismucha HaShemayim V'sagal Aras, the, the heavens and the earth will all be rejoicing for the Gula Asida. So what we see is that uh, the contrast and the uh, fact that they are one next to each other, the adjacency of Parakuflam and and Al Nar's Baba is not just coming to show the contrast and how sad it was for Kali Yisrael that originally they had all these miracles and now they're so devastated, but actually David HaMalach was trying to instill some hope in Kali Yisrael. And he was actually giving praise to HaKadosh Baruch Hu because he was seeing the the uh, the purpose of these Goliaths and what we had to gain and how HaKadosh Baruch Hu will be there for us and how he's going to save us and he's going to He's going to help us grow and become uh, achieve perfection through these galias, and therefore each one of them was The galias are not simply there because we need to be punished and we need to be thrown out and 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 destroyed. On the contrary, each one of the galias will give us reason to praise Hakadosh Baruch Hu, new reasons, new perspectives of praise. Each one is a different term. Each one is very specific, and, and, and it's a new recognition of the greatness of HaKadosh Baruch Hu that we achieved through each one of these Goliaths and through the various Nitzachans, the, 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 the redemptions and the, the, the great miracles that Hashem ha- did for us throughout each one of these, of these um, Nisyanis and, and, and these Goliaths. So moving on, now we'll see how that is actually reflected in the Pasuk itself. That's this message of hope that is essentially what David Melch is coming to teach us. So Medrash and Tehillim goes on. There's, there's a question that actually all the Mepharshim and Medrash as well is coming to address a number of questions. One question is, it says, Al-Nahar's Babel, Sham Yushabna, there we sat. The inference is that there we sat, previously we didn't sit, or well, it's something to say something, right? Sham Yushabna, there we sat. What does it mean? We sat there. And the next thing is Gambachina, we also cried. We also cried, also has a some sort of reference that or before that we didn't cry or we didn't have a reason to cry. And for some reason there, when we sat in Arab's bubble, we were inspired to cry. 
And the last point here that's going to be addressed by the Mefarshim is B'zachreinu Tzion. The fact that it's mentioning that we remembered Tzion is sounds like it's coming to say that there was something specific that they were crying about and not just merely the situation that they found themselves in. That wasn't what was causing them to cry. So let's begin with the first Ta'ara. Sham Yashavnu, there we sat. So the Medrash Tilim says, They were not allowed to sit. They were not given permission to sit. Their, their captors didn't chase them out of Yerushalayim and continued to make them run and walk, and it did not, did not allow them to sit from the, when they left Yerushalayim until many, many, many miles later until they reached Euphrates River at Shegi Lafaras. I don't know exactly how many miles it is, but uh, it's, it's quite a distance if you look at the map. Why did they not allow them to sit? And this is unfortunately something we are familiar with with uh, World War II, with some very similar tactic the Nazis did. But one, I doubt for the same reason. Amru, the Bavliam said, the God of these people, Rachman, who he is so, so merciful, as soon as they start doing tshuva and they start turning back to Hashem, he will once again have mercy upon them. Maybe they do tshuva and will come together. They'll, uh, they will be ma'achet, they'll have like a, a minion. They'll call out to Hashem and He'll save them. And then this whole carbon we accomplish will be worth nothing. They'll just go, be able to go back and, and overcome us and go back to Yerushalayim. Therefore they were pushing them and causing, making them run. Malkarcham against their will. Shenemar Alzar Verenu Nudafnu Pasiganecha. We were chased by our next Kalam Hayurid Fenu and our pursuers were swift and they caused us to run. So Sham Yashavnu means this was the first place that they were able to sit. So they were they they were experienced extreme cruelty by their Cha- their captors who were causing them to run, 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 and not no chance to to rest or to, to sit from Eretz Yisrael until the Euphrates River. Now, why were they crying? Why at that point did they start to cry? So the Psiktater of Kahana, also a Medrash, says, You know why they were crying at that point? No, not because that was the first time they could sit and catch their breath. No, something happened at that point. When they stopped, Yirmiya and Avi left. Why did Yirmiya and Avi left? Lama. And, and, well, I'm sorry, why did they cry? We'll see in a minute why he left. But why Why did they start crying when he left? He was making their their load so much easier. He was making their lives easier. How's that? Mahayaisa, what was Yirmiya Hanavi doing? He would put the chains, the same chains that they were bound in, he would put it on his own neck. Now, this caused some political issues because Nevizrad and Mesirim, Nevizradin removed them, and the Psikta goes a big arichas, the conversation that Nevizradin had with Yirmiya Hanavi because yeah, the psukim say that in uh, in Yirmiya that Nebuchadnezzar recognized who Yirmiya Navi was, and he know knew that Yirmiya Navi had predicted the Harbin and predicted his success, and he gave very specific instructions to Nebuchadnezzar that that you shouldn't touch a hair on Yirmiya Navi's head. If he wants to go, he goes. He wants to stay, he stays. He's given food. He's given water. He's treated properly. And over here, Nebuchadnezzar says, you're killing me. If Nebuchadnezzar sees that you're walking in chains, he's going to kill me. So they had a whole argument, and Yirmiya Navi 
um, persisted. Who machnas atzmer bekoiler, and he still kept his neck in the chains. Vayashavoyim roitvim, and when the when their captors were trying to chase them, kivin shali roim ayse imam, they saw Yirmiyah not be there, and there's nothing they could do because Nebuchadnezzar had forbade them from doing anything to him. Hayimahalcha maat maat, so he slowed down the pace a little bit. So Yirmiyah Navi stuck with them as long as they were suffering, as long as they were being chased. He stuck with them to try to do what he could in his power, as a tzaddik of of the dar, Godla dar would always do to 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 make their lives easier. But then when they got to sit down, he left. Why? This is continuing now back to the Medrash and Tehillim. Chashav Yermio Baliba Yermio thought in his heart, If I continue with them to Bavel, there'll be no one to console the Golos who was left in Eretz Yisrael. Now, many of uh, Klai Yisrael were, were sent into Golos and to Bavel at this point, but there were also a sizable amount of Jews who were left in Eretz Yisrael, and their situation was terrible. It was a terrible situation, and they were they were oppressed, and they were they were set upon by all the guys with very little protection, and they needed the guidance, and they needed the guidance of Yirmiyo and Navi. And uh, Chazal say that HaKadosh Baruch Hu told Yirmiyo and Navi, either you go to Bavel with Klai Yisrael, and I stay in Eretz Yisrael, or you go to Eretz Yisrael, you stay in Eretz Yisrael, and I'll go to Bavel. So, of course, you and Abi said, I am a very temporary help over here. You go to Bavel with uh, Klai Yisrael and I'll stay in Eretz Yisrael. And, and he, we find in Yermio and Abi, they had very difficult situations, especially when Gedalia ben Achikam was killed and they were worried that they would have retribution by Nebuchadnezzar. So Yermio and Abi guided them. But in any case, he knew he had to go back, and he had to go back, and, and he only was at this point when he finally saw that they were allowed to sit and they finally got some respite. So he didn't need to be there just to push it, you know, give them, uh, just they should survive. So now he made the decision it was time for him to turn back. So all the, the, the captives who were going into Gaulus lifted their eyes up. And part of why he was able to leave was because previously, 18 years previously, we know Mordechai and, and uh, Miguel Sester, but the Hagcharish Vamaskar, all the great Tamid Chachamim, were had been sent into Gaulus previously, and Daniel, Hanan, and Mishal Vazari were there. And Ezra was there, and Nehemiah was there, so the Yirmiyanavi was able to let them go because they would be met there by the Tzadikim and the Gedalim who had gone to Gullis earlier and established themselves. So they would have leadership. In any case, he was he was about to leave. Not long They lifted up their eyes. and they saw Yermio leaving. They all broke out crying with and they screamed. You're leaving us here. They cried, There we sat, and that's when we, it caused us to cry, because when we sat is when Yirmiyahu Navi left, and that started, that, that caused us to begin to cry. And then Yirmiyahu answered them, I testify in front of the heavens and earth, and if you would have only cried one time when you were still in Yerushalayim, Legalism, you would not have had to go into Gaulus. This is a very, very, very powerful, powerful point that Yirmiyah Navi was telling them that now, now you're doing tshuva, it's already after the decree was sealed and it's too late. Now you need Gaulus. If you would have cried in Yerushalayim, you could have, one time, the way you're crying now, we could have done with the whole Gaulus. Now, we'll see there's there's a depth to this that there, there there's a pshat that it was a little too late to cry now we'll see the psikta the Rav Kahana Perakhavtes says as follows Dorish Rabbi Yitzchak Rabbi Yitzchak says Ala Ravim B'Seicha there's an ex-pasik over here in Al Nares on the the willow trees next to the Nahar the, the, the Bava which is the Pras the Euphrates Talinu um, Kinnereseinu we hung our instruments Bo Re look 
the, the dirt, the land of Eretz Yisrael, made it very difficult for Klai Yisrael to do tshuva. So the Radal, very early Pirush on the Medrash, he explains, as long as they were living still in Eretz Yisrael, it caused them to be haughty, it caused them to lack humility. And they didn't see a reason to humble themselves in front of Hashem. But only when they went to Golis, that's when they humbled themselves. That's when they were humble, Radal. So the Sikta continues, when they were in Eretz Yisrael, he would tell them, do tshuva, before the Gzair Din is sealed, but they didn't listen. Once they went into Galus, that's when they started finally respecting these mitzvahs, appreciating the mitzvahs. And you know, it was like they had a remnant of the Beis HaMikdash. Imagine, you know, if you had a, a relic from the Beis HaMikdash, you had a, a, a knife that was used in the Beis HaMikdash, you had a, 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 a keli, a vessel that was used in the Beis HaMikdash, imagine how many millions of dollars that would be worth someone to have in your house, something from the Beis HaMikdash, so these kinare saying that these instruments were used in the Beis HaMikdash, they had such love for them. They took their, their instruments and hung them up uh, to protect them in these, in these trees. So, the the message here is a very very powerful message. Which is what your Navi was telling them is that this is why you need to go into Galus. Yeah, would you have cried in Eretz Yisrael and you would have humbled yourself in Eretz Yisrael? You wouldn't have needed to go in Galus, but that was the whole problem. In Eretz Yisrael, you weren't able to humble yourself. Eretz Yisrael was holding you back. As long as you were living there, you thought the same thing that happened in Mitzrayim will continue to happen. Hashem will always protect us. Hashem will always make miracles. He'll always come out, come through in the end. Exactly what the Tzorah HaMorah said in the beginning, that they were expecting to happen. They thought, yeah, we're in a goal. Hashem's going to take us right out. And as a result, they were continuously going further and further away from Hashem. They weren't appreciating the mitzvahs. They weren't recognizing Him. They were serving idols. They were doing things wrong. And they were becoming cold in their avayim. Hashem, it was Mitzvah Sama Anashra Milumada, and while they were in Eretz there was just nothing to to be done. They couldn't. They just didn't. Weren't Mason Lev. They weren't paying attention, and they weren't changing. And it was only once they went into Galus and they humbled them that they finally started to turn around and say, "What we had in Eretz Yisrael was a and We realized, oh, we had so much there, and now we don't have it anymore. And that is what caused them to do tshuva. And that's what Yirmiyahu said: If you were only able to do this in Eretz Yisrael, you could have stayed. The problem is you weren't able to do it in Eretz Yisrael, and that's why you're forced to go through Galus to achieve this humility. And this is an important point to, under, a point to understand about Galus, obviously, but Avelis in general, you know, we know that Chazal give us very specific ways to, to be misable to mourn. And uh, when a person loses a loved one, a father, a mother, a relative, they have to sit shiva and they have to sit on the floor and take off their shoes and not bathe. And you think that, what's the point of mourning? Is that we should be sad. Do, do we need instructions how to be sad? I mean, sad is an emotion. We're, we're sad, right? Why, why do we have to take off our shoes? Why is that contributing to being sad? But the chat is that Avelis is not, that the actions that we do in Avelis is not of sadness as much as it is, is humility. We're humbling ourselves. We're degrading our physical selves. We're not paying so much attention to what we're wearing. We're sitting on a low spot. We're not giving ourselves covered. We're humbling ourselves in front of Hashem because when Someone, someone loses a loved one. That's midas adin. The midas adin has struck. We're, we're, we're being judged and we're being punished for whatever 
level, whatever shot it is, we never understand exactly what's going on. But whenever there is such Yudimides Hadin, like the Kharbin was, what was required of us at that point is to humble ourselves. That's what Avelis is all about. That's what these three weeks are about. That's why we don't listen to music. That's why we slowly add to the Avelis the three weeks, the nine days, and Tisha B'Av, the greater and greater levels of humility, understanding that we deserved what came to us, we accept Hashem's judgment, Tzadiku Hashem, we're we accept the, the Midas Adin of Hashem, and we humble ourselves before Him, and that is the way we will be able to go back to Eretz Yisrael, because the whole threat of us being in Eretz Yisrael was that it was causing us to not care, and to think that we were, you know, solid, we were, we were iron, nothing could affect us, and we, we were going to be there forever, and we could do whatever we wanted, and no need to change, and that why that's why such an intense level of humility was, was necessary, and that's why Golos was necessary. So the message, the initial mes- message is that it was it's true they expected tremendous nisim when they went to Nazbala and that didn't happen but that was exactly what was coming to be taught to them that no that's not going to happen now because that's what it was holding you back that's what was causing you to do all those averes and now what you need to achieve is some humility you need to achieve the the humility of realizing that what a schus was that we had the base amikdash bezachreinu and sham yeshamnu and yirmiyo left us and we realized that we weren't going to have uh, his his presence anymore but What's now the important point is what really happened next was that Klai Yisrael was on the verge of losing all hope. And this was a tremendous nisayin, a tremendous test. And it was a very, very dangerous time for Klai Yisrael because what happened is that they were never gulls before and they thought, that's it, Hashem kicked them out, threw them away, stayed in Eretz Yisrael, threw them out, and doesn't want to have them anymore. So much so that they approach the Navi, Yechaskel, and they say, have Hashem is Megarish us, Hashem divorced us, so why do we need to keep the mitzvahs anymore? We're not uh, his nation, he's gone, and we're done, he's done, and that's it. So let, 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 we'll go our merry way, and, and why do we have to keep Tariah mitzvahs anymore? And Yechaskel HaNavi, the whole parak in Yechaskel, where he tells them, the thing that you're thinking, Ha'ila Ruchachem, Ha'ila Yiyah, the thought that you have in your mind is not true and it never was true. And it's, we say it also in the Haftaris of the Shiva, the Nechemta, Baruch says to Yeshaya, Hanavi, Eizech, Sefer Krisus Imchem, show me the, the divorce document, show me the get, there's no get ever written to, for, for, for Klal Yisrael. Klal Yisrael remains the, remains one with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, even when they go in Gauls, sending Klal Yisrael in the Gauls wasn't, divorcing them, wasn't sending them away. On the contrary, as we're about to see, Hashem went with us in Galas. Hashem led the way into Galas. We followed Hashem into Galas. We didn't get thrown into Galas. It was an a a moment of us call, uh, similar, I spoke on Shabbos, similar to Lech Dechachrei Bamidbar, as the, the, the Haftarah finished over here, the first Haftarah of uh, Shalosh to Puranusa. Yirmi Anavi says, he reminds us of how we followed Hashem in the Midbar, and it's not just he's trying to say as of but what he's saying is, is that you're doing the same thing now. Going into Galus, you're following Hashem into Galus, and you have to go with the same faith that you went after Hashem in the Midbar. We have to be in Galus with that same faith that we're here. Hashem wants us to be here, and we'll learn Bitachen, we'll learn Amuna, we'll learn to rely on a Kaddish Baruch Hu, we'll learn because that's He's the only one who could protect us here, and that's the way that the same way we're going through the Midbar is what enabled us to go into Eretz Yisrael, going through Golis is what how we can get back into Eretz Yisrael. So there's a beautiful, a wonderful Al Shulchan here who also explains a lot. He had a lot of questions, all the questions that we mentioned, plus many more. And uh, he he just says such a wonderful pshat to address how Kali Yisrael needed this, needed something to 
stop them from losing hope because, as we said, they, they did lose hope. And, and as we find later on in Tanakh, many of them d- totally did lose hope. They fell off and they married non-Jewish women. Uh, and when Ezra came back, he had to cause, teach them and they, they divorced their wives. And a lot of the Kohanim, all of them forgot how to do Avodah. They had to be taught again. Many Jews didn't do mitzvahs sukkah. They didn't do mitzvahs. They just pushed and stopped doing mitzvahs. And in Chagah Hanabi we find he has to teach them how to build a sukkah again. Uh, we actually learn a lot of halachas of sukkah from there and from those psukim. But what happened again? What didn't happen in the second uh, the harp in the second base mikdash because Klal Yisrael had already learned how to deal with galos. But in this first one, many of Klal Yisrael thought that this is it; it's over, and they needed to be to be convinced that there is hope. And no, Hashem is here with you. So the Al says Al Naras Bavel. You know, one of the questions he asks is, what, Why does it let us know that they hung up their their instruments on the willow trees? And afterwards, we know the Medrash says they broke their thumbs, so they shouldn't play. Don't break your thumbs, just break the instruments. Amnam, he says, We know from the Sefer Hazaya, The Jews who went to Bavel, they were like, Dead people, midaiga from the worry, shabo mitayvigidala. We came from such great good, Eretz Yisrael, l'ra'atzum of such terrible evil. V'ha'isam mea na hinacham nafsham. They refused to be consoled. Az gala yizbarach as eni cheskel hanavi. And that's when, at this point, is when Hakadosh Baruch Hu opened the eyes of Yicheskel Hanavi on the Har Kvar on the the. The river of Kvar, which is Paras, the same river that they were by. And he saw the Maisem Rekava, the Shechina of Hashem, the whole entourage of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And this, of course, is the first parak of Yechaskel. We lay in the Daftarah, the first day of Shavuos, which is known as the Maisem Rekava, the greatest secrets of the Torah, which it describes everything that we know about the Malachim and what they look like and how they, they, they surround HaKadosh Baruch Hu comes from that parak, the Ifanim, the Chayas, the Srafim. All those Malachim are described over there and obviously it's very great secrets of the Torah and Marachigiga says terrible things about people who tried to understand it who weren't worthy of trying to understand it but Yechez Kalanavi had witnessed all this tremendous gilui of Shechina over there why? Lahayrais to be able to teach Klal Yisrael ki Shechina imayim because that the Shechina was there with them with the whole Pamayushalmaila, all the Malachim came to escort Hakadish Borhu and Klayisral. Shahim, and here he learns such a beautiful uh, just pshat, homiletic uh, pshat in the words that Allah Rabbin Basaikha doesn't mean the the, the the willow trees, but it means came Ravam. They were like a uh, a mashkin, a like a collateral. They were like guarantors to Klal Yisrael. Kimisha Yitzi Yisam. When Hakadosh Baruch Hu will leave Galus, Yitzi Yisrael he'll leave. He'll take Klal Yisrael with that with him. It's like um, I uh, you know I sent my my uh, my son to camp this uh, this week, and um, my wife was very happy that the director's son was in. His bunk. He says, you know, okay, now I know he'll be taken care of. The director's bunk, the son is there. Well, he'll, he'll have whatever he needs. So, you know, if they saw if Hashem is here, we know <laughs> whatever, whatever, when he goes, we're going. So, and this caused, allowed them to get, regain their strength, and their spirit, and, and they were rejoiced. And this is what it says, Yisrael, on Haraz Bavel, on the rivers of Bavel, Shahu Pras, Vahuna Akvar, was Euphrates, also the same. 
the river, as, which is referred to as Nahakvar, where Yechaskel saw what he saw. Sham Yishavnu, there we sat, not like the Medrash says we sat because it's the first place you could sit, but what it means is, is in a spiritual sense, in an emotional sense. Kisham Hayulanu Shuva Venachas, we were finally able to get some respite in our what we were worried about. We were finally able to relax. Because Hashem demonstrated to Yechaskel Hanavi, and even though there we were happy about this, that we saw Hashem is with us, that's when we finally Gambachina, we realized we had to cry. And would remember what we did have. We had that we had the Shechina in Yerushalayim where it was meant to be. We realize now that us going into Gaul has actually caused the Shechina to leave Eretz Yisrael and the Beis Hamikdash, Lavi to come with us to Bava. Behine, he says, Lafid Saras Hagalos, because of the Tsaras of the Galos, the difficulty of the Galos Umagam Kaidim, Yidiz Mare Hanavi, and before they saw what Yechaskal told them that Hashem was there with them, Hay Royal Shabakar they would have rather broken these their instruments, Ki Orvakosimcha, because they lost any desire to rejoice. Ah, Almash Sham Yashanda, but because there we finally had to uh, had an ability to have some respite. To have some nichom, some consolation, v'samachnu, and we actually rejoiced b'v'suras hanavi when the navi told us shahayu lanu aravim that Hashem was our guarantor. Let's say seinu me'agalas, and He's going to take us out of the galas because He came there with us. Alkein zeichel adaber. So to symbolize that, ein sarachalayim shleishavim. Not only did we not break our instruments, kiim al aravim b'seicha talinikin reseinu on those willow trees, which had the same language as aravim as a guarantor. That's where we hung our instruments. Ki asu zeicha. We were trying to make this symbolic gesture, that we hung them on the willow trees, not on other trees, is to demonstrate, we have a guarantee, we have protection here in Babel, which is the Shechina, and all the entourage, all the Malachim, the Shrafim, the Chayis, and that's why they didn't break them, they, they hung them up, this is our reason to have hope, to return to the second base. We'll be able to once again use the, utilize them to uh, play in the Beis Hamikdash. Beautiful, beautiful shot of the Al What Al Nahar's bubble was telling Klal Yisrael. First point we made is that it was demonstrating the need for the Gullus, it was demonstrating what Gullus was for, why they had to go into Gullus, and why regularly Gullus is a reason to praise Hashem, they will gain humility. But and also, even though this was such a, ter- a, 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 a terrible science, such a difficult moment that Kaius or thought Hashem abandoned them. That was actually the first moment when they got some kind of consolation because we saw that HaKadosh Baruch was indeed with us. We had a guarantee because we knew he came with us to Babel because he showed Yechazkel Hanavi he was there with all of the Pamaya Shamal. Beautiful, beautiful approach to just the very first Pasik, the words in the Pasik. And the fact that it's adjacent to the Mizmer of Kila and Chastai. Now let's move on to the next point. This is two, like I said before, two different approaches to what time period actually was being talked about here. Al Nahar's Babel, is it talking about right after they? were chased, like the way the Medrash says, they were chased out of Eretz Yisrael, and they were running under, from their captors, that's what this Pasig is talking about. Or, we're going to see the Malam says, no, that's not what it's referring to, it's referring to a much later point in time, still in Gaulus Babel, but some 50 years later. And the question here that we're going to see is a very, very poignant question, a very relevant question, and that is, 
when we think about being Masabal in Yerushalayim, and perhaps we think about earlier generations in Europe when they 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 seem to be able to be Masabal in Yerushalayim, and for us it seems to be so hard to relate to the mourning. So the question is, when do you think it's actually easier to mourn? Is it easier to mourn when things are good, like we have it here in America? There's peace, or we we have food, we have access to what we need, we live comfortably, we're able to make a parnasa, the non-Jews don't bother us, we're able to serve Hashem, we can build shuls, we can build yeshivas, our children can flourish, our, 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 our communities can flourish. Maybe you think that must be the hardest time to relate to the Kharban, because things are so good here in Gaulus. Uh, or maybe when things are difficult is when it's difficult to be misable. When things are difficult, then you're so consumed with your own personal tzara. And in Europe, when the things were at the terrible times, when you know the World War Two and other difficult times for Jews, that's when they were so consumed with their tzara, who could think of the Kharb Yerushalayim? And both these perspectives are true, and both these perspectives have a specific message that in both these situations, Klai Yisrael is still Masabal on the Kharbin. And these are both beautifully addressed by the Chazam Seifer and Drash Chazam Seifer and the Malbum, and such an important message for each of us in every person's particular situation. So let's begin with the Drash Chazam Seifer. He says it's just so, so inspirational, the way he says it, the words themselves, just give us a, a, a new, just a new way to think about the the carbon and related avelus. Siv he says, Alnaras Bavl Sham Yushabnu Gambachinu, there we sat and we cried Bizhainu Asian. Avala Inyan Yuvan bin Asain Matmani. We can understand this with personal experience. Keep Pashut, it's Pashut. Kalish Navu of every person who cares, Hayari is Hashem, who fears Hashem's words, Vahu Yoishev Levetah Begoila, and he's sitting comfortably in Galus Bevesa in his house, Ranan, it's it's all good. Ubanov, Kishisila Zesim Savla Shulchane, his children are flourishing around this table, Ukli Besa and his possessions, Hamachivan Daitai, that cause give him so much pleasure. Aitrum I say they surround him. That's when you'll cry without being able to stop when things are so good. But I'm right because you'll say, It would be so much better for me if I would only be able to bring my children, these children, to bring a carbon pesach, mir Hashem Shama in Yerushalayim. Or if I would be able to go to Tzion in song, to partake in the Simchus Beis Hasheva and Sukkis. And I would be able to only see the Beis HaMikdash Bonoi built so high. But now, if I have to sit in this Tame, a uh, unholy land, a base kale charev, and the base amikdash is destroyed. Vitarasa vidase bezuya and the Torah and and the laws of Hashem are humiliated. Eich esmech bechag. How could I possibly rejoice on yantiv? Eich elos bepurim. How could I be happy on purim? So the Chassam Seifer says that when things are good, that's when it's so easy to have proper appreciation for the carbon bias because it, we have nothing else on our minds and we say, oh, who needs all this? We wish I could be in Israel, bring a carbon Pesach with my children. Amnam, he says, when a person is in a great sorrow and he's suffering so much, that is, uh, it goes to his, his, the depth of his soul, 
Rav, he's in, he's in hunger, and he's struggling with Parnassah, or perhaps it's not a time of peace, There's, there is war going on with Sakana's Cherev, and he's being attacked by sword, and so much confusion. When he's suffering so much, he can't think of the old reason to, to mourn Yerushalayim, he has so many new things to be sad about. Why would I think of the first it's already 1,742 years. He says, no, even though it's so difficult to mourn for the Beis HaMikdash when you're suffering because we're, so in, we're just so caught up and so wrapped up in our own pain. But he says, no, that's not the way Jews, from Jews, look at things. No matter how difficult things are, the, the, the rivers, strong rivers of the non-Jews or the Tsarists, they can't put out the love Klaisral has. The destruction of Hashem, uh, Hashem's house, of every generation that it wasn't built in his days, was as if it was destroyed. So it's like it's being burned in front of our eyes. On the contrary, when we have something that we're suffering, we can use that to help us understand the Avelus, this little thing that's bothering us, of course, if it's our tzara, it's not so little, but in any case, in, in context of the tzara of Kali Yisrael, it's so little, and it's giving us so much pain, and the goals of the Shechina, and the Chil Hashem, and this is what the Pasuk is saying, on the rivers of Babel, there we sat, and what it means to say there we sat means it was a very specific kind of sitting. It's known how terrible it was when they sat over there by Naraz Babel. They were killed, they were destroyed. And their hands were bound behind their backs. So the Medrash does speak about how Nebuchadnezzar was in a riverboat and he saw Klai Yisrael walking. He says, look, they're standing up straight. Put some load on their back and they took, pulled off the clothing of the, of the captives and they put loads of stone on their back just to make them bend over and suffer. Again, cruelty that we became familiar with, unfortunately, in World War II. So they were suffered, they were punished, they were, they were being killed, and they were being desolated and destroyed. And you'd think, over there, in that situation, they would forget about Sion. They had enough to cry about with their own Tzaris. No. What we did cry about, we also cried about because we remembered Sion. Because Klaistral always remembers Sion. That goes on top of all other suffering. And on the contrary, whatever suffering we suffer, we say this is nothing compared to how terrible it is, the fact that we don't have a base of Mikdash. So the Chassam Seifer learns that the Pasuk of al Naraz Babel is coming to teach you that, of course when things are good you can mourn. That's easy. There's nothing else causing you to be sad. Then you, it gives you the ability to truly exp- appreciate how much we don't have not being in the base of Mikdash. We can't bring a carbon Pesach. We can't be a part of the simple base of Sheheva. But when things are difficult, then really that's what wraps up our whole mind. No, al Naraz Babel, even when it was the worst for the Jews, Sham Yashavnu, Gam Bechinu, What we cried about was Tzien. This is the Rachsam Seifer's beautiful and inspiring words about how he understands what the Pasik is coming to teach us. But the Malbim, the Malbim has exact opposite approach to this Pasik. He says, Al Nisyasid, you know when this was written? It wasn't written right when they left Bavel, the way the Medrash says, and they were being chased by Nuchad Netzar and they were suffering. No, that's not when this was written. This was written Lashanarishana Shakavash Kairush's Bavel. Actually it was written after the the Bavel was was uh 
lost power. It fell from power. Kairish took over Paras and Madai took over and they they conquered Bavel. And Nebuchadnezzar of Amroidach and Walshetzer, they were all killed out and all their 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 uh, descendants were wiped out. Al Nahara's Bavel over there in Nahar's Babel, some 50 years after we went into Golos. You know why we cried there? Don't think it was because we lost all the good Gashmi, all the good um, life that we had in Eretz Yisrael, the riches, the Malbim says, and things we owned, the Sadis, we had fields and Kramim and vineyards. No. Again, 50 years into Galas Babel, Sham Yashamnu, Ritzalaymar, Sham Yashamnu, she was Keva at that point. Sham, there in Babel, Yashavnu, we made ourselves comfortable. We were able to establish ourselves. Sham, there too, we had Nachlasad of Ukharam, we bought fields, we could buy planted vineyards, Kamesh HaKasim, Yirmiya Novi actually tells them to do this, from Hashem, Benu Batim, build houses with Shvu, and live there. He was telling them, realize, you're going to be in Babel for a while, 70 years, Nitu Kramim, plant vineyards, Echlos and eat their fruit. Even though things were so good, and we got so comfortable, and we made a life for ourselves, nevertheless we cried when we remembered Sin. Because we were not thinking about Gashmias, because we were thinking about the Kedusha, the, the Ruchnias that we were missing from Sin. There we had the Beis HaMikdash, and we had the Avoidas in the Beis HaMikdash, and we had the Shechina in an open presence in Beis HaMikdash, that's why we cried. The, the wealth of Ruchni is that we lost. And here he also play, uh, has a play on words with the word Aravim, similar to the Alshach, but a different shot. Aravim, the, the Aravim, he says, doesn't mean the trees, but it means Aravim, sweetness, like Baharevna, Orev. We had all the pleasures, Aravim, the Im Laguf, that are sweet and, and Gishmak to the body, the Kalza, Alzeb, this itself, Talinukin, we saying that we hung up our instruments, but we did not want to enjoy all this good. This itself caused us to mourn. That in the land of our enemies, Malaya Arvos, it's so full of sweet things, and it's so good, and Yerushalayim and Arashashal is destroyed. I'm scripting a little. Not only this, my tongue should stick to my mouth. If I don't remember, meaning, I only talk about you. Not only when things are bad. Even when I am at the best possible time, I am by a simcha, I will remember you on top of everything. I'm happy with being maslich in this world. will be above all that. All simcha will have a element of sadness because I remember the Kharbin. So the Malbim learns that the Pasik is coming to tell us the other the exact opposite of what the Chazam Seifer says is coming to tell us. Chazam Seifer says is coming to tell us, is talking about the first point when they came into bubble and they were suffering so much and you'd think they're suffering so much they're going to forget about Yerushalayim. They'll have their own th- suffering to worry about and no, the Pasuk says no, they still worried, they were still sad about Yerushalayim. The Malam says no, not talking about that time. It's 50 years later they established themselves, it became Gishmak and Golos like it's a Gishmak for us here, it's comfortable for us here and then perhaps you'd think would cause them to forget uh, 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 Yerushalayim and it's 
Eretz Yisrael, they don't need it anymore, they have all the good over here. No, the Chirinu is seeing, they remember the Ruchnius, and that is the reason why they were misavel, and that's what they were so sad about. And uh, that was the Nesayin, that was the test, and that's what the David Melch is testifying, that even if they had the, all the good in the world, they still were, uh, they still were, able to be Bavelis, which the Chassam Sefer had said is the easy part, and the Malbim is saying, no, that's what the puzzle is coming to tell you. That's the test. Like for us, that most definitely is the test. And both both these are true. They're both uh, and they're both true that they are a test. Both kinds of struggles are a test to how to properly mourn uh, over Yerushalayim. I want to finish with one last vart from the Leib of Ram, from Videnfeld uh, Rosh Hashiva of Leib of Ram. He has Sefer on Tehillim, and he uh, addresses a different medrash that says a different pshat in Gambachinu, and I think it's just an important message for us moving forward, how to uh, live with the concept of Avel Tzushalayim. He says, Different medrash says in Tanabel Yo, Al Naharaz Bavel, Sham Yashav Nu Gambachinu, there we sat and cried, Ma Gambachinu, what does it mean we also cried? Sham Yashav Nu Bachinu Lenamar, it doesn't say we sat there and cried, El Gambachinu, we also cried. So what does the also cried mean? They cried, and then they were quiet, they stopped crying. And then they cried again. So they cried, stopped, and cried again. So what does this mean? What is it trying to say? They cried, stopped, and cried again. Is the Rebbe, uh, so the Leib of Ram says, I think, this has the secret of how we survive here in Golis. On one hand, you have to cry about the Kharbin. We can't forget Yerushalayim. But, on the other hand, we do have to stop thinking about all the terrible things. Because we have to establish ourselves here in Golis. The same passage in Yermia, build houses, live there, plant gardens, and look out for the sake of the city, that I sent you there into Golis. Why? It's impossible otherwise. Uh, if, if we don't cry, in other words, on the first hand, if we don't cry, when we forget Eretz Yisrael, you know what's going to happen if we're not Mesabal and Yerushalayim? Then we'll become assimilated and we'll get we'll, we'll, we'll be forgotten and totally uh, mixed in and enmeshed with the, the nation around us, the Goyim around us. And that is just also such an important point. That what we're striving for with mourning Yerushalayim is just to not forget that we don't belong here. We don't belong in Chutzlaras. We belong in Eretz Yisrael. We don't belong in Galas. We don't belong in a Malchus that has such different, um, such such different uh, morals and such different values than we have. So we can't forget Yerushalayim for that reason. Again, if we constantly dwell on the sadness, we constantly cry, that also will destroy us. It'll destroy us. We'll lose hope. So That's what this Pasuk is teaching us. We sat and we cried. We sat and we just constantly crying. But we sat and also cried. They cried. There were times that you have to stop crying. When we sat, we established ourselves. And this is how we survive here in Galus. We have to build. There's a time to cry and there's a time not to cry. There's a Tishabav and there's 
this is Shabbos Nachamu. We have to have Tisha B'Av, we have to remember where we belong, and we don't belong here, we belong in Eretz Yisrael, and then we have to stop, and we have to be besimcha that we are the peace and the good that we do have here, so that we can establish ourselves and flourish here as well. Not to get too into the crying. We sit and we also cry. Beautiful message from the Lev of Ram. So together with all these points, we can have a little bit to think about how we can utilize our situation to assist us to relate to the Kharb Mishalayim, remember where we belong, what we're striving for, what we're really missing. And with that, truly accomplish the purpose in Gala's humble ourselves and may we be Zaycha through that to Mashiach Sakane of Meherbi Amen.